Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning, I'm Katrina Blowers, stepping in for Tash this week. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 20th of September. A light at the end of the tunnel for the city that will soon become the most locked down on earth. By October 4, Melbourne will overtake the Argentinian city of Buenos Aires for the most days in hard lockdown. It comes as their Premier Daniel Andrews has unveiled Victoria's roadmap to freedom, saying the plans are gradual and balanced. There will be no turning back. We have got to normalise this. We have got to pass through and pass beyond this pandemic. What's changed is that now we have to call time on this. This is as, when we get to 80 plus, that's as good as it's going to get. Now, the state is expected to hit 80% single dose by the end of this week, which will trigger stage one of the plans. Travel limits and outdoor recreation caps will be eased for Melbourne, while on-site learning resumes for regional Victoria. Staggered on-site learning will kick off around October 5 for Melbourne. We'll have all the details with our reporter on the ground shortly. Staying in Victoria, police are continuing their search for a violent group of protesters after anti-lockdown protests escalated over the weekend. Protesters stormed police lines with dozens charging at officers. Ten police were injured, six taken to hospital. 235 protesters were arrested, 193 charged with breaching those health orders. Western and southwestern Sydney are waking up to the same freedoms as the rest of Greater Sydney after some major changes were announced over the weekend. Under the changes, there will no longer be outdoor exercise limits and people can once again attend small weddings. Epidemiologist Professor Nancy Baxter has told the project things are looking up for New South Wales. Things are really looking positive for New South Wales. My fingers and toes are crossed because hopefully we've reached the peak of the wave, which means that in you know seven to ten days, hospitalizations are going to decrease because the cases have decreased. So maybe by the time they reach that 70%, they're in a much better place in terms of hospitalizations and ICU admissions. Meantime, Byron Bay is being warned of a possible COVID tsunami as vaccination and testing rates remain low. Local doctors say there are pockets in the community that won't vaccinate, but the Byron Mayor says that's down to a lack of vaccine supply. Former Attorney-General Christian Porter will start the week on the backbench after resigning as Minister after he was unable to rule out a perceived conflict of interest. It's understood Mr Porter used a blind trust to financially support his defamation case against the ABC and is unable to confirm exactly where that money came from. Prime Minister Scott Morrison made the announcement late yesterday afternoon thanking Mr Porter for his service as a minister. The inability for him to be able to practically provide further information because of the nature of those arrangements. If he were able to do that, that would allow Minister Porter to conclusively rule out a perceived conflict And as a result of him acknowledging that, he has taken the appropriate course of action to uphold those standards by tendering his resignation as a minister this afternoon. Minister for Energy and Emissions Reductions, Angus Taylor, will step into the role of Acting Minister for Industry, Science and Technology. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. Back to Victoria and the state's escape out of lockdown is looking clearer after the state's Premier Daniel Andrews unveiled his roadmap to reopening. Under the plan, Melbourne's lockdown and curfew will remain in place until October 26, which is when the state should reach 70% double-dosed. The next step forward will be November 5, when the 80% milestone should be reached. Our Melbourne reporter James Royce explains the reaction to the plan is mixed. Katrina, the plan very much provides more freedoms for those who've been fully jabbed. The lockdown lifts for the fully vaccinated on October 26, with the return of very limited outdoor hospitality, retail and even haircuts. Fast forward to November 5, which is when hospitality can reopen for indoor dining. Indoor retail goes back to normal-ish. And the fully vaccinated can return to the office. Fast forward again to Christmas. The plan this year should be that it'll look like the last with up to 30 guests in our homes. Now, as to the reaction, well, the state's peak business group here, Vecchi, has called it a roadblock to business. The decimated events industry says there's no real plan and no hope. But the Property Council has a different tune. It believes the plan is sensible and balanced, while the Victorian Racing Club has given it their tick of approval and hopes it'll pave the way for some crowds to be trackside for Melbourne Spring Racing Carnival. And to Queensland, and there's been a super Pfizer weekend with thousands turning up for walk-in vaccine appointments at hubs across the state. On one day alone, the daily vaccination rate rose past 31,000 people, eclipsing New South Wales figures on that same day. As Brisbane reporter David Shiraz explains, it's hoped the Sunshine State will finally tick past the 60% first dose threshold. Good morning, Katrina. With Delta all but certain to eventually creep across the border, this blitz was vital. And late-night figures reveal a roaring success. More than 56,000 people across two days getting their Pfizer shot, with more doses still being counted. Now, the Premier has made it clear the vaccination target is a key factor in borders reopening and Queenslanders finally seeing their interstate relatives for Christmas. But with only 41% of the state fully vaccinated so far, don't be surprised if there's another vaccine blitz to come. Now we're joined for the latest in business and finance with Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Morning, Peter. The country's top retailers want the Morrison government to provide laws that can make it easy to bar unvaccinated shoppers. Unbelievable, isn't it? But retailers want to protect their staff, their shoppers and their business profits and stopping unvaccinated customers tops their shopping list. As restrictions ease, businesses such as Nick Scarly, Rebel Sports, Super Cheap Auto and others want legal clarity on how they can stop unvaccinated shoppers entering their premises. Well, this is happy Monday news. For those of us hanging out to travel overseas, the Morrison government will use taxpayer money to make it happen by Christmas. That's right. International travel will gradually resume once Australia reaches fully vaccinated thresholds of 70 and 80 percent. And at 80 percent, unrestricted travel to designated countries will recommence and any charges OS airports impose for security or medical testing reasons to make travelling possible will be paid by the Morrison government 
and you, the taxpayer. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about the last part. Also, Peter, the iron <laughs> ore price has been cut in half recently and China is the cause for green and get-even reasons. That's right. The falling iron ore price has sent the stock prices of BHP, Rio and Fortescue down big time and the cause is China cutting back steel production. But why? First is the cut air pollution and look greener before the climate change conference in November in Scotland and the Winter Olympics in China in February. And second is to stick it to us for joining the US and the UK in a security deal to curb Beijing's military muscle flexing in the region. Well, thanks, Peter. We'll talk to you again later this week. Cheers, Katrina. Morning, Brett. Well, for the first time in AFL history, Port Adelaide has a Brownlow medalist. Yes, good morning, Katrina. That's right. An historic night last night for the Port Adelaide Footy Club. And to think that Ollie Wines two years ago was stripped of the co-captaincy, almost went to Carlton. He's now at Port Adelaide, or remain at Port Adelaide, and is a Brownlow medalist. He beat Marcus Bontempelli by three votes last night and had told seven it'll take a while to sink in. I'm a little bit rattled, to be honest, still. There's so many great players that I still look up to at my age, and they've had tremendous seasons, and, and a lot of them are obviously playing on, on Saturday in the, in the biggest game of the year, and I'm extremely of them. So a record equaling 36 votes. Marcus Bont and Pally three behind. Clayton Oliver was third. Of course, the Bont and Clayton preparing for the grand final this weekend. The Demons have declared that Charlie Spargo will be fit to play in the grand final. He hurt his ankle during a practice match on Saturday. It was an intra-club hit out. Scans have cleared him of any major damage, so they do expect him to train fully this week and play. Uh, similar with Stephen May. He trained without any strapping on that hamstring he hurt in the prelim final win over the Cats. To the NRL, Brett and West Tigers are reportedly on the verge of sacking their coach, Michael Maguire. Yeah, it's now 10 years out of the finals for the Tigers and it looks like uh, the coach will cop the blame. They only extended his contract last December by two years, so he's facing a payout. It could be 12 months, we're reading, is the exit clause in his contract. Here's Triple M's James Hooper with the latest on Michael Maguire. So I think the Tigers will have a board meeting later in this week. The board hasn't rubber-stamped or ratified anything yet, but that's the way it looks as though the cards are going to fall. And in some finals news, the NRL is investigating a Panthers trainer for unnecessarily stopping play in the dying stages of their semi-final win over the Eels. Pete Green could be suspended for the prelim final against the Storm. This is the second time this season he's been accused of asking officials to stop play to treat an injured player. Broncos legend Gordon Teller says it's a practice the NRL needs to stamp out. Parramatta were coming home strong. They had a chance of winning the game and they were denied by the trainer running on. And it's a tactic sitting on the sideline and watching them talk and point to get out there and run on with a water bottle and messages. And we'll just wrap up with some EPL scores. Chelsea beating Tottenham this morning. 3-0 Katrina. They go back to the top of the EPL table. Gosh, so much going on over the weekend. Thank you so much, Brett. We'll catch you tomorrow. And for those of us dreaming of a tropical getaway, Indonesia is set to welcome international visitors from next month. But don't get your bintang singlet out just yet. It'll only be for travellers from South Korea, Japan, Singapore and New Zealand at this stage. Aussies could be heading to Bali by the end of the year when we hit that vaccine target of 80% of people double-dosed. And that is all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am. 
a.m. every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Katrina Blowers. Thanks for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and I'll see you tomorrow. Listener.